This is the Keep On Moving podcast. Another special edition, Dave. <laughs> Another special Mar- edition. <laughs> Murray, they're all special with, with you. Oh, don't be like that. Hey, we've got a, a full Keep On Moving podcast happening. Dave is, Dave is travelling to Germany on business, and when he gets back from there, we'll work on something. But uh, we've got another interview we want to share this time, Dave. Yeah, this is a really neat one because um, about just just uh, or oh, just under a year ago, uh, Rafael Alvarenga was appointed the new MD Scania New Zealand, and we did a, a chat with him when he first arrived. You know, which is a bit of a you know is a bit of a, a hard thing for for the first impressions. And of course, the, the poor guy arrived in a COVID lockdown. Like it was just it was just you know what a time to arrive. But he's been in the hot seat now. He's been in there at the at the helm of the Scania ship in New Zealand for twelve months almost. And we thought it was a great opportunity to go and actually sit down with them and have a chat chat and as well as a written chat and and hear how uh, year one has been uh, at the top of Scania New Zealand. Welcome to the Business Hour. I'm uh, Dave McCoy, New Zealand Trucking Media. And readers of the magazine will recall that uh, almost 12 months ago, um, I did a uh, person of interest with the uh, new uh, MD for Scania New Zealand, Rafael Alvaringa. And I'm back at Scania, New Zealand, and worried for the one-year checkup to see uh, how how the first year's gone, what he thinks, what's happening. We're going to go a bit of social, we're going to go a bit of business, we're going to go a bit of future, we're going to dart all over the place. So let's start with easy breezy, light and easy. And uh, you're now a one-year-long uh, resident in New Zealand with your family. And when you arrived, you said, when I told the kids where we were going, they started making a list of all the places that they wanted to see. Uh, so the first question is, uh, has the list been ticked off or is it being ticked off or what have you seen? Hi, David. It's a pleasure to be here again. And uh, But uh, surprises me, scares there is a year gone already. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I look back on when I came and the list of my kids, I can tell you that it's double if I compare <laughs> with a year ago. <laughs> and I might have been able just to take off like 20% and yep. it keeps growing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was possible definitely after, I would say after Christmas, we could go out and we could visit different places. Because you arrived at just the worst time. Yeah. We were all locked down when you turned up in Auckland, weren't we? It was, it was. We took all the, if the ones who would remember the MIQ. And yeah, the yeah. Seems to be quite long back. Yeah. But it was there. Then we left and tried to find a place to live. It took us a while as well and uh, to settle. And I would say we were a bit free out of house by week before Christmas. Yeah. So it's more than four months since we came. Yeah. But uh, then we started our journey on traveling in Owen, New Zealand, yep. which was great. And we started in Northland. Oh, right. You started up north? Yeah. Yep. yep. Bay of Islands, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That was the target. So we were by, I think it was Bahia. That was our basis. And, and we spent a week there and uh, going to different places and coming back every day. So from Cape Renga, Bay of Islands and Karikari, Peninsula and all those those areas, which was fantastic. The yep. weather was great. Family enjoyed. It yep. rem- reminds us a bit of uh, the... Let's say the summer in in back in our country, yeah, which was yeah. lovely. Yeah. After a bit of winter when we came, I think that was really good. Because Brazil's got a big coastal scene, beach scene, hasn't it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it goes from the bottom of the south to the top of the north is all coast. So yeah. we are used it every weekend or holidays. It's yeah. Just drive an hour, you're you are in a amazing beach, so they yeah. can enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anywhere else, you've been south of much, much very south of Auckland with the family, or is that? 
Yeah, actually, after that nice week over over Northland, we started planning. Say, what what is next in the list? So, and then we came. Okay, we go in Eastern. Yeah. So we we went out to Rotorua and Taupo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was also great. A uh, couple of days with family, and we enjoyed uh, the, the, those weeks. And doing, I think we we might have done only again yeah. a third of what can be done in that region. So the good part is that we still get room to visit again. Yeah, there's still plenty to do. Plenty to do. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you get you get. Uh, oh, what's the right word here? This is not the, uh, looking for a better word, but you get pushed into New Zealand way of life through the business and through mm-hmm. what you do, and you have to go out and interact and talk to people and that. But the family sort of. Don't as much. So how are they? How have they found the first year? How have they the kids at school and like interacting in New Zealand life been? Yeah, yeah. I would say that naturally, when we move, the first six months is everyone settling, adapting themselves, understanding the circle of friends, and 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 creating their own routine. Yeah. So that's natural. Everyone is engaged on finding their own way. But after a while, definitely they they want to go out. They want to see different places. And then I think we we get back to that list I mentioned to you the previous time. And they said, now now it's time to start going out. Yeah. And uh, so now they are full, I would say, they're full adapted to, to New Zealand, settled themselves and... Enjoying? Enjoying quite a lot. Oh, I cool. think the country and, and, and the people in New Zealand has been quite nice with, uh, with our family. Oh, good. And we Excellent. are definitely enjoying it. And we end up in, in the new adventure where it was month ago or 45 days ago we went down to New Plymouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've gone through this uh, forgotten highway. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful one-day drive. Yeah. And we've got our stamp in our passport. Yeah. (laughs) Whangamamana. Whangamamana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice. Hey, Uh, I know plenty of New Zealanders that have never been to the Whangamamana pub, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but beautiful again. Beautiful and scenic places that we we were uh, having every corner that we were turning. So, wow. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, wow, yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's great for you too because, I mean, this is where your product Finds mm. it, you know, this, is, this yeah. is where your product finds its home. This is what it's got to deal with on a daily basis. And that was the comment from my kids as well. Yeah. I've never seen this kind of truck. I said, oh, there is a truck coming here as well. Like, oh, they come, they go everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, oh, well, that's great. That's good news. So that's a, that's a big tick for the first for the first 12 months. Mm. So let's get moving on to the business side of things. I mentioned in the article that I wrote a year ago about how the, the, you know clever the placement is uh, the big corporates and that as they move people around the globe and put uh, people who challenge them and yet also use the skill sets that they have amassed in the journey that they've done so far. And you're a great example of that because Matthias came here and basically set the ball going and got it up and running. And when you arrived, it was full steam ahead, full order books. It was it was. Uh, Absolutely, you know, it was bordering on a rock concert. And then your background is all about support after sales, keeping mm-hmm. the impetus up, keeping the excitement up. How's that been for the for the first year from your point of view? How do you think you've gone there considering you moved from a massively populous country in India to one corner of the world mm-hmm. with five million people? And what's Chennai got? Eight million people in that city, isn't it, you know? Easily. Yeah. No, I would say it was, I mean, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, we always have in mind for customers, they look at uptime, availability of services, parts. I think this is this is the only way to keep their business running and the only way to make their business profitable as well. So that is not only as my background, but it's kind of, we always look at that. I and mean, I think we, we need to make sure that our vehicles, they are the designs are perfect. I mean, the, the, the delivery that they give in fuel consumption and reliability, they are great. But a vehicle that is not running doesn't make money. Mm. So that that is why we put our our focus always in the in the service in the after sales. 
And I was positively surprised when I came by by knowing the skill sets that we get in the uh, in the technical stuff in in New Zealand. And I think there was there was a great not I would say finding, but uh, when you look from outside is one thing because mm-hmm. I know uh, we have that uh, what we call top team, and top team is a competition, a mm-hmm. conquest that we have among the technicians. And we do the, the, the regional, or the first the local in New Zealand, then the winner goes to the region. This uh, next year is going to be in Thailand. So our Christchurch team was the winner in New Zealand yes. uh, out of the other uh, three teams. And that team is going to go for Bangkok beginning of next week, year, and, and, and succeeding. Uh, we're going to be in, in the finals back in, in, in factory. And the last uh, three competitions and new in globally, New Zealand won twice mm. and there was a second place in, in one of them. Just showing the technical capability of the queues of the local uh, team, which gives for me a lot of uh, confidence that, okay, we have the right skill sets in place. Yes. We need to make sure that we create all the capabilities, like the workshops, the tools, the parts, and, the, and keep training because, you know, the technology evolves. And we need to make sure that with our training center down in Christchurch, we keep upskilling them with uh, all the new products which are coming. So that gave me, back to your point, it gave me quite a lot of confidence that uh, we are delivering to the customer the best services. We have the right team in place. And our journey for the future is massive towards after sales on the investments, on the on the focus of the company, just to make sure that we, we not only make it happen here in New Zealand, we're going to make it sustainable as a company. And for our customers, which are putting a lot of uh, trust in Scania so that they, they, they will rest ensure that we are here to support them on the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember you saying back in a year ago about how you were surprised, like in Brazil, there's quite a standard Scania, uh, you know, there's because of the topography and nature of the country, you know, I think you said it from memory, uh, 500 horsepower, you know, and then New Zealand, you come here and people are building trucks specific that they need for specific areas and high horsepower and odd, you know, different configurations. And so I suppose that manifests where our technical breadth of technical expertise comes from mm-hmm. in terms of the service backup and the network how's that how's the growth in that been in the because you were that was another one of your jobs previously was auditing scania workshops to make sure they met the mm-hmm. scania mm-hmm. The, the thing so how's that how's that going for you yeah it's i mean it's progressing quite well i would say first with implementation of process these are things that uh, n- not everyone can see because yep. so uh, things that are not uh, that visible but you can experience so we, we want to make sure that the experience of a customer, irrespective of this kind of workshop they visit, is going to be the same. So right. meaning from the moment the vehicle comes to the gate to the moment the vehicle is delivered back to the gate so the customer can get back to operation, the whole process is seamless and, and they have uh, the shortest time possible with the vehicle under, uh, under this stop. And uh, this is what we are implementing. And we implement through that, I mean, through process that we train people on how to do things proactively, how to be prepared before the vehicle comes, picking up, pre-picking parts, uh, creating the, 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 the work order, having the right technician available for the vehicle when it turns up. So all these plus the new systems that we are implementing, and it's a great, uh, I mean, a great project for next year. This is all, all going to give to the customers a better experience. So that is... In terms of our internal operation, when it comes to the the facilities as such, so we we got a new facility beginning of the year in Hastings, mm-hmm. uh, which is the one we we are operating. We just announced a, a couple of weeks ago 
that Iskan is coming to Waikato. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have our own facilities in Hautapu, Cambridge. Yep. Yep. And that shows that we are strengthening our presence uh, countrywide to make sure that we are on the points that a customer needs. Yep. And yep. So before we move on to global supply chain, um, uh, local supply chain in terms of human resource, like everyone is struggling for people. How is, how is that being addressed and how are you going there? Yeah, I think that is a common challenge for all the companies in, in New Zealand. So we've been mainly fancy on the, facing the challenge on the technical side when we talk about technicians, apprentices and so on. So, I mean, there is a shortage that we know. I think just behind the drivers, I think this is the most one of the most critical uh, position. And we are working quite a lot uh, with upskilling people, what means creating an apprenticeship program mm-hmm. so that we can get uh, young fellows across, get them trained over a program so that we can make sure that for future we are filling up the needs of, uh, of the company mm-hmm. as we grow. So it's not only looking for people which is ready available in the market, which is uh, a common ground for everyone, but also looking for, for the future talents. And for that, there has, uh, there has to be a lot of investments from the company. And that's why we are, as I mentioned before, we are reinforcing our training center in Christchurch, the only one with the back support from, from the OEM, from the factory, uh, in our case from Sweden. So we get the technical trainers all up to the market from the materials that we get from, from back from factory. And that is, that is the, the, one of the keys uh, they for future, is make sure that we can upskill people for, for, for these positions. Right, excellent. So a question that's just sprung to mind, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but um, if, if, I'm a young, so if I'm a young guy and I'm sitting out in the world or girl or whoever and, and I want to be a, a technician... Um, if I go down to Joe's garage down the road and do my apprenticeship, it's sort of a it's a beginning and an end sort of a thing. Whereas if I went to Ascania, then p- potentially the world could be my oyster. Like if I'm really good at my job, is there is there pathways for people if they started say in the Hastings, the Hautapu, the Christchurch, the Wurri workshop, could they set a goal to be to to expand their experience off the New Zealand shore with Scania? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is, we are proud of seeing uh, people which started with us on the technical side that today they are even uh, working in, in different positions across the business, not only on the workshops. So we have our head office in, 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 in Auckland, where we are here today, and we have different supporting functions, uh, what we usually call the distributor, the wholesale support. So a part of the technical work that we have in workshops. We have uh, plenty of uh, or heaps of opportunities as well in, in what we call the distributor, where we prepare all the policies, where we prepare all the process, the areas that support all across the business. So people moving, mm. even from the workshops, coming to, to the office side, we see people moving as a team leader, we see people moving to customer service advisor, and even as a branch managers as well. We have cases of people growing up through the organization. So the good of SCAN is that you, you've got heaps of opportunities to grow, not only vert- vertically, but also horizontally in, in different departments. And you're a living example yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, when you're writing processes and standard operating procedures, there's no better people to have around the table than people that started greasing trucks and, yeah. and, and uh, that that taking is, the heads off engines. Yeah. That is what I tell uh, to my team. Uh, whenever we need to set up things, it, we, you need to set up those things with people that have lived with that. Mm. 
theoretic theory helps, but uh, sometimes we get stuck on those. Yeah. We need people that live it every day, so they see and they know what happens on the practical life. Yep, yep. not and on the office life. Absolutely, and then they'll be great defenders of the process when yep. they're out in the. Yep, yep, yep. Moving offshore, the global supply chain. You're down in one little corner of the world, on about two thousand kilometres to the southeast of uh, Australia. How's it? How's uh, how's the order book looking? How's supply looking? How's parts looking? Yeah, I, I think last time we spoke, I said that, okay, we need planning. Planning is really important. Yes, uh, could, you did. Could yeah. have been challenged on, on, on deliveries and so on. But if we know it's going to take 200 days, we plan for 200 days. It's going to take 50, we plan for 50. But I must admit that we were quite surprised on the beginning of this year. I, I think the crisis was much bigger than we expected. So we had, uh, I think, a, a conjunction of events, or not to say the perfect storm, of, uh, of the post-COVID high demand. Yes. And uh, the, the suppliers not able to, to catch up on, on the backlogs. A lot of speculation as well from, from, from manufacturing, just doubling orders because of concerns of not having the, the components. Mm-hmm. You have on top of that some events that has happened globally. I mean, it uh, could either be <laughs> earthquakes or could have been the wars, yes. as we all know. So all these, is, I wouldn't say small, but all these individual uh, events clubbed together post-COVID high demand has cracked the whole supply chain. Mm. And as, as is current, and, and most probably many others as well, we face that in our, I mean, in our own skin. It was really, was really tough Q1 and uh, Q2. And uh, I was in Sweden last or two, two months ago in our global, in our global meeting uh, talking about future and uh, there was a clear discussion that uh, what we went through uh, uh, till, I would say, end of Q2, May, June, was something that we've never seen in, in our whole history mm. of over 130 years. Mm. It was really tough. And, uh, but the good part, if I put it like this, is that uh, we believe the worst has gone. So we have crossed that line. Yes. And we see supply chain starting to streamline in terms of production. So we do see... Still challenges, but much less than it was before. We are still now, we, we are facing the, the challenge of shipments to get the vehicles across or even to get the parts across. Uh, so we are on, on the manufacturing side, I think we are crossing the line. On the shipping side, or that one we are yet to cross. Uh, and when it comes here, I think it's not only what we see outside. We still see some challenges in, in New Zealand when we talk about bodybuilding because mm. the same challenge we might have had with uh, components. Uh, I think some of our partners have gone through it as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. So And some vehicles turning up all at the same time and it puts a bit of additional pressure on, on the local. But as we speak, I think we, our, our order book is, uh, or, or any order at SCAN is going to still be delivering 2023. Yep. So we, we are not yet talking about 2024, although we might be shortly talking about 24. We, we are still keeping uh, available volumes for the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, interesting comment. And yes, I think that uh, one of the things the the global crisis has done is allowed uh, shipping lines to catch up on a bit of lost ground in terms of margin. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, so we'll just have to see how that pans out over the next uh, few years, won't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The business transformation team. Okay, so moving on, we're coming back inside now, coming back onshore again. Uh, the business transformation team was uh, formed uh, uh, earlier in the year. And so I'd just like to explore that a little bit further um, uh, and just tell me what that, what that vehicle, in a metaphorical sense, like what that 
that uh, entity within the business is mm-hmm. is targeted at, and obviously it's a future focused type mm-hmm. thing. And so, do you want to just talk to that for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that is uh, one of the key points we have uh, in the business day because we knew it. And in my discussions beginning of this year with the team, I think we, it's although we have all the normal day to day business as usual, our our challenge with sh- supply chain and other things, we need to start looking at future because mm-hmm. if we don't take care of future, the, it, what we have over there is going to be problem when we come to that. So we we discussing internally and, and looking on the whole transformation Scan is going through as a company and, and moving towards a more sustainable business with the new technology, with digitalization. So all this has put us in a situation, it's time to, to start looking at that in New Zealand as well. Mm-hmm. So that team comes with the major four areas uh, of attention, which is digitalization, which is the performance and uh, the network development and driving the shift. If I take quickly one at a time, so digitalization, I think it's a quite uh, wide uh, point. It's trying to digitalize our whole business. And, and that I can give an, uh, uh, what it, something that is tangible. It's more than talking about KPIs or having dashboards. It's all needed. So to manage a business, you need to measure it. But going beyond that, what could be the experience for our customers is having workshops that are more digitalized, so that we can have tablets available to the technician to make the whole process of servicing a vehicle much quicker. Instead of using paper and, and, and going back to the computer, typing things, uh, trying to find out what is the right repair part number, having that all in the tablet where the vehicle is, that is a way that we are digitalizing our, our workshop. And that is the plan for, for the future. But Who's going to look at that if in the day-to-day our technical team is looking for the customers which are there today in the business? So that's why we put this aside of the the traditional business, so out of the workshops. So this uh, business transformation team is going to take care on how to digitalize our our business. Mm-hmm. And this example in workshop is one of them. Mm-hmm. We have several examples in, in within the business that we are looking on, on how to be more digital. Uh, even including having these uh, robots of doing repetitive activities, mm-hmm. which today might be done by someone. So that is looking, okay, it's, sometimes it's hard to find resources, so we need to be clever enough to, to have things done by computers. Yes. So that was one area. Another area is performance, which is a well-established department that we, we had uh, in New Zealand since, since the inception of the company, which is looking at our customer operations and make sure that uh, they are delivering the best fuel consumption and performance as we design and as we specify a vehicle. So that area continues, and we are going to expand that with different services in future, just to make sure that we give to the customer not only a vehicle that can deliver good but as well as a continuous support on training the drivers. Because sometimes we know after driving training, we can get a good output on fuel consumption. But maybe down the line, after a couple of months, some of the behaviors, they come back and and the fuel consumption is not as good as it was after the training. So we need to find ways of keeping the coaching to make sure that uh, the the, the lever of the vehicle in terms of uh, consumption remains in the best level uh, as possible. And nowadays it's even more critical considering the prices of the fill. I mean, there has been quite a lot of inquiries uh, to our training team to, to get drivers training through because any 3 5 7% of uh, savings by driving, it represents quite a lot today. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose at the end of the day, all you can do is deliver everything that you're able to deliver 
to to optimise what that truck's potential is. It's then up to the customer to decide how his driver drives it in order to meet his expectations, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And when we put across all the possibilities from our side, we want to be the truly partner and available for them whenever they need so that we can engage and see how we can perform better yeah. than, than today. Yeah. The third one is, I think it's the one, one quite busy area that we are looking at network development. Again, as I mentioned before, we need uh, the, the demand that we have uh, uh, today is the different, uh, different compared with the one we're going to have in future, considering the volumes that we are delivering in New Zealand. So we started looking into refurbishment of uh, some workshops and uh, even open up of new workshops like uh, we had the case of Waikato uh, that we just did. So it's looking how this is going to look like in future and uh, what are all the investments that we need to make uh, today and next year to be ready for, for the future volumes that we are having. So that again, we keep it outside of the traditional business. So there are people looking, doing the models to see what are the size of workshops that we have, what are the kind of shifts that we need to implement so that when the vehicles are all running as we expect that they're going to be in the, f- in the future years, that we have a capability to take yeah. care of them. Yeah, and it's a really interesting phenomenon, the whole, um, the whole concept of what you're doing is because even in a big business like this, um, sometimes if you're, if you're assigned, when you're as busy as you are with the amount of throughput you've got with trucks and things, if you're assigned a... Even though, like the team leaders don't have the time to work on their little business, they're too busy working mm-hmm. in it. And so, having an external team just doing a broad brush across the top yep. is, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. And of mm. course, there's one more to go, isn't there? Yeah, and that that one is is the one calling the attention for most of the people we have internally, which is the driving the shift. And yep. when we talk about the sustainability and the new technologies, as we launch it in the month of uh, June, our first. Uh, better electric vehicle yep. coming to New Zealand and uh, this vehicle nowadays it's under bodybuilding and uh, should be read quite soon and should be reaching uh, New Zealand roads in the coming months uh, so that is an area uh, Scan is globally betting on electric that is that is the clear message from, from our CEO mm-hmm. although we keep an eye on all the different technologies but uh, we believe the electric vehicle is 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 the bet for the future and that is where it should go we know that there are challenges as well outside i think the industry uh, everywhere in the world is is maturing towards what is going to be the future matrix of uh, of vehicles and uh, we foresee that electric is going to take a big portion of it in many places mainly for the efficiency that it has comparing with other ones but the technology is still evolving as we know uh, we are evolving along with that, and uh, when before, as I, as I mentioned during the launch, before launching a vehicle, we spend a couple of months preparing ourselves. And preparing means we need to train, we need to understand the technology, how it comes. And training should be physical, so we waited the vehicle to arrive. We went through a, a upskilling our key and high-level techs around the new technology, the tooling parts the safety issues, the parts uh, availability, the different components that we need to keep. So this is being all new and being new in New Zealand, we want to take it on the right pace. And the right pace is understanding how the vehicle works, how we need to support, as well as understanding the right customers or the customers that want the vehicle for having the vehicle for the right specification as well. 
And how much, how's the enthusiasm been in the marketplace for how much, in, inquiry? Have you had a lot of inquiry for the, for the e-truck? Yes, so we had, I can tell you, over 20 uh, was in my table the other day, and we were looking at that. So as I mentioned to the team, we're not in a hurry. We're going to have the right vehicles and the right timing outside. Mm-hmm. And we are doing, at this stage, once, we, as I mentioned, it's a new technology even for, for New Zealand, we are doing the right specification and design depending on the application of uh, of each of the customers to see each one has the most feasibility uh, to be out right now mm. and and to make sure that because when we talk about electric vehicles uh, for sure we are heading to uh carbon emission free that is the 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 idea in in the end of the day but has to have a business feasibility for a customer no one wants to pay more for something that in the business side is not going to give the the output. So the future of all this technology is going to be around how feasible is to run it mm. because they are more expensive. We all know to buy a vehicle like this and even from other technologies, they're more expensive than, than the traditional uh, diesel vehicle that we have. Yeah. So the great question would be, what about the, all the other components around an operation of this type of vehicle? How are they going to play uh, their portion to make that specific vehicle viable to yes. be running in Aotearoa roads. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because the more you can, I mean, it's it's a, it's the domino thing, isn't it? It's one begets the other. If you get it right at the start, you'll sell the volume to bring the production cost down. And da 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 da. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is with the alternative fuel vehicles is is that, you know they're not they're not generally cut any slack like a normal vehicle would be you know like if an internal combustion engine truck or car breaks down you know people go oh well that's just you know blah 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 but mm-hmm. they, they they go oh you know they've got to be perfect all the time every time you know they, it's it's a really interesting cars trucks vans buses the whole the 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 public perception and the, there's no willingness to cut them any slack they have to go and they have to be perfect whereas their own vehicle probably hasn't been 100% reliable in the whole time they've had it. Yeah. You know? But that, that's <laughs> yeah. quite a valid point. Yeah. I mean, the bar is ha- raised with this kind of technology. But you just said it in a sentence. The bar is high for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So the business transformation team, <clears throat> is is there, a, is there a tiered structure of the same type of thing all the way back to head office? Like, do they report back to a business transformation team at, and, or do they report to you directly and then you take yeah. it home or, or yeah. back to Scania? Or how, how does that work? They report all back to me to you, uh, yeah. as a local organization, but in this department, in these different areas that I mentioned, there is always a, a, a connection back to the factory because we are setting up this approach worldwide. Yes. So we have the digitalization group and we have the group of looking at after the, the driving the shift, right. cha- exchanging yeah. experiences, doing the benchmarking, on because it's being some of these areas new, Sometimes it's easier to get experience from each other and yep. keep moving. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Uh, another left field question that uh, I'll, I'll just uh, throw in here, just for the how's the New Zealand model working? Like, how's the how's the because it was a huge thing when it happened, and like, how's it been observed from head office in Scania? Is the New Zealand model are they happy with how it's panning out? Yeah, <laughs> it was quite interesting back in, in as I mentioned, I was there in June. Yeah. And uh, we were in a top uh, management meeting over there. And uh, we have on the normal agenda with presentation, workshops, and so on. And in each of the breaks, I was approached by someone and asked what is happening in New Zealand. So we are being watched positively from, from outside. 
the growth on the way we are building the business here is becoming a, a quite of a role model or reference from outside. And that has uh, guided some of the decisions that uh, we are fully connected with, uh, with Sweden. So we have uh, all our reporting and all our strategic and, and, and even sometimes operational challenges that we may have. It's all back to, to Sweden. Yeah. So, and supported by a, a regional team down in, in, in Singapore. So we are a sole uh, and independent company. So and and that helped us out in a quicker decision in, in terms of the business. Yes, but it's it, it was quite. Uh, I mean, I've heard that before going to to Sweden by talking to people that were just querying what is happening with this great journey in New Zealand, but by talking to them and seeing that uh, the what we are doing here is 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 something really. Even for Scan, it's been quite pioneering yeah, compared yeah. with the other markets that we had 10 years to do what we are doing in three years here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been really exciting having it happen around you and watching yep. it from, you know, it's been really neat. Yep. Um, jumping back, just to finish off with, uh, back to EV trucks again. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the plan in terms of, uh, I realise you've sort of danced around the answer to this and um, maybe there may be an aspect of this question that's crossing back over ground we've already run across, but... Uh, Supply chain heading out. If I want one now, when can I? Volumes coming in. What's the pattern? You know, two, three, four, five year pattern for in terms of volumes. Mm-hmm. We see on the EV side, uh, David, that uh, next year we are going to start moving to two digits. So we've done two vehicles this year, which are these two that we just launched, and 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 we foresee next year having double digits. Right. And right. Uh, and we still have the plan of by twenty twenty five be selling ten percent. Yep. Of our our vehicle sales being uh, a BEV truck, yeah, and the global aim and goal that we have is being fifty percent by twenty third. Yeah, so we take the same challenge to New Zealand. Uh, we take the same goals and direction. Yeah, and uh, now it's time really to be working with all the stakeholders uh, in the country to make sure that, that this becomes feasible yeah. with the charging infrastructure and with the, all the. All the subsidies or benefits or the schemes created around this, as it in a way was created for the passenger cars yeah. as well. And you can see the pickup of the volume of the sales of uh, EV vehicles yes. has gone yes. quite high. You know, it's almost a one out of three yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's really interesting. Um, uh, I have a, 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 a friend that I know, and he does a lot of car transporting, and he cuts sort of a lot of high-end cars, and he always says that they're a great barometer for what's happening downstream in 10 years' mm-hmm. time, you know? Yeah. And um, and he said that the, the the horse has already bolted. He said that the mm-hmm. volume of, of alternative fuel high-performance vehicles being transported, he said it's the horse's bolt. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. it is. And the wave is bigger than we imagined. Oh, and I think the transition's going to be quicker. I was just talking to my editor, Gavin uh, Myers, on the, on the phone before, and we talk, we often talk about it, and I think the transition is going to come a lot quicker than people think, especially in New Zealand, mm-hmm. because of the way our line haul routes are structured. Like we've got that ribbon of line from Auckland, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hamilton, Palmerston, North Wellington, Christchurch, Dunedin, Invercargill, mm-hmm. and then everything's, everything sort of spools out from there, you know, yep. with a little detour into New Plymouth and that. So there's such defined line haul routes that it's mm-hmm. going to lend them, it's going to lend it. There's, you know, the hub and spoke thing is not here yeah. as much, isn't it? No, no, that, yeah. that's true. And, and I think another important point is uh, at least when we look at Sky and we look at different parameters to see, okay, we go or we don't go EV. Or BEV, so and one of them is having green electricity. Yeah, 
Because if you don't have it, what is the sense to move? If you're and not going to get it here. You're not going to get it anywhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that that box ticked here, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I think that gives us a bit of leverage as well when when knocking the head off the stores and say, guys, we want vehicles here and yeah. we want more vehicles in future. We want to be in the when when the long haulage vehicles start coming. We want to be in the queue for getting the first ones. So we are being heard. Yeah. Because New Zealand is fulfilling that uh, mm-hmm. that the green electricity requirement. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Right, the very last question before I let you go about your busy day and I've got, uh, mm-hmm. is uh, when you we talked to you uh, last time, obviously uh, Brazil uh, is a huge cult, a barbecue culture mm-hmm. and also your your preferred tipple was President's Beer, as I remember from... Uh, so in mm-hmm. one year, uh, what do you think of our uh, steaks and have you found a beer that you can drink? <laughs> <laughs> I found a couple, <laughs> I would say... <laughs> No, but it's been, I mean, the good part is uh, now heading out of the winter. So I did barbecue last two weekends. Yeah. It was good. I couldn't do it for almost two two months with all the rain yeah, around yeah, Auckland. Yeah. And that it was something surprising me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of rain during the winter. We told you it was coming. Oof. Yeah. You remember I told you, wow, the weather is good. It's yeah. not that bad. And I was saying, I was thinking, Ooh. oh, you wait. Where you it yeah. comes. Yeah. So, no, but it was quite interesting. Quite, uh, I mean, raining winter is new for me. And my the, oh. all the winters I've gone through in my life in Brazil is all dry. Oh, I thought you get monsoons and rainforests mm. and. No, it comes along with summer. Oh. So during the summer, it it pours for an hour, end of the day, and that's all. Oh, is so, that right? And the win- you can be like four or five months without a single rain through the winter. Oh well, we can we can sort that out. <laughs> you sorted out already. <laughs> So that put me a bit of uh, back on on the, on the barbecue. We just resume it now. But uh, during the, the the summer here, it was every weekend. Yeah, uh, and I uh, found a quite nice meat around uh, New Zealand. Good rump cap, yeah, uh, which is the one we we most like. Really good ones, and the beer tried uh, many spites and 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 different one and and some draft beers or. Uh, that is local made or local brewed. Yeah, yeah. Those yep. were really good as well. Oh, so cool. well, South Island does a love you saying spades. Oh, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yep. but it's been it's been good. I mean, it's still exploring. I think next time we we catch up, I can I can rank you down the yep. the, the, the number one to the number five. Excellent. We'll do that. So I can put that in the diary that we can have another catch up in a year or so. Good. Rafael Alvarenga, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast and Trucking Radio 24-7. I'll let you get back to your busy life. Fantastic. Thank you, David. Pleasure. See you guys. Cheers. The Keep On Moving podcast is a production of New Zealand Trucking Media.